Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 5. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me, hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people, Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you, because the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. So far, God's holy word. In the name of Christ, who is the author and finisher of God's covenant of grace, dear fellow redeemed, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Just about every one of you can understand what, what that verse is from. The Declaration of Independence remains one of the most important founding documents of this country, and more than that, it stands as one of the most important Uh, consider one of the most important freedom documents in all of history. In a sense, it is a covenant or a contract that the United States government entered with the people. The government would guarantee the people would retain certain God-given rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the right for the people to dismantle the government if it ever violated these rights. But a covenant or a contract almost always has two sides to it. So what is the other side? Well, the people give their children to serve as soldiers, who oftentimes give up their lives to protect its people and its freedom. Citizens must also pay taxes to the government in order to pay for the upkeep of roads, government salaries, and other various uses. The freedom and rights that we enjoy in this country are far from free, and oftentimes they come at the ultimate price. God's covenant of grace also gives you life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but in a more special way than the Declaration of Independence. The covenant that God enters with you, his chosen people, is free. It is not two-sided, but it is one-sided. God is the one who promises. God is the one who delivers to bring those to fulfillment. And where do you come in? You receive all the blessings that follow. Chapters 40 through 66 of Isaiah are often called the Gospel of the Old Testament. 
These chapters are full of God's promises to redeem his people, not just from the captivity that they are about to enter, but from their sins through the Savior who would be born of David's line. Our text for this morning comes right in the midst of those promises from God. Now Isaiah's job was far from an easy one. He had to prophesy to his own people that they would be entering captivity at the hands of the Babylonians. They would no longer feel like God's chosen people. In fact, many might think that they had been abandoned completely by God. They will be starving for God's word, which they had neglected. This was a harsh reality that the people would face. For 70 years, they would face a burden for their sins against God. And the people of Israel and Judah had every advantage they could hope for. God called them to be his people. They were led by God himself out of Egypt. They received the revelation of God's very word through prophets like Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah, and even Isaiah. And they had the promise of the Savior given to them through the line of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Judah. Every advantage they could hope for. And they threw it out the window for the lusts and desires of the flesh. This was the old covenant that God had entered with the people. In this covenant, God would give them life, liberty, and happiness But the people played a role in this covenant. They had to obey the Ten Commandments and keep the rest of God's ceremonial law perfectly. But their time had come. God's calls to repentance went ignored. And God's promises to bless their lives, to give them freedom, to give them inexplicable joy, were forsaken. Not by God, but by the people. God held up his end of the bargain, but the people failed to uphold theirs. Seems ridiculous, doesn't it? How could those people possibly neglect God and his covenant that badly? And well, certainly they deserved what they had coming to them. Was this the right attitude for us to have? Can you and I as Christians comfortably sit here today in judgment over the children of Israel? Jesus said, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your own eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? First, we must take a moment to look at our own hearts in our own behaviors. What have you done with God's law? Has anything, even family, taken a higher place in your life than God? Have you found yourself neglecting to take the time to spend in the Word of God, whether at church or at home? Lying, lusting, hating, stealing, coveting, cursing, It doesn't matter how big or how small the offense is. A sin against God is a sin that condemns. It is a sin that rules you out from sitting in judgment 
over the Israelites. If you or I were under the same old covenant like Israel, you and I would be in the same position. Our sinfulness would result in a failure to uphold our end of the bargain and a loss of the blessings that God promises. How great is our God then that Isaiah talks about a new, everlasting covenant. Verse 3, Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. This covenant that God makes with his people is completely different from the old covenant. Where the old covenant resulted in a loss of blessings because of our failures, this new covenant does not rely on your works or mine at all. It is completely on God. It is a one-sided covenant. How is this possible? How is it that God can make a covenant with sinners like you and me where we only receive Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Who is it that God is talking about? It's no one other than Jesus, the Holy One of Israel. Jesus is on the other side of this covenant with God in our stead. When God enters this covenant with you, he sees what Jesus did in your place. He sees Jesus keeping God as number one in his life at every moment. He sees Jesus honoring God's name, honoring his parents, showing love even to his enemies. Go through your own list. Every time that you have failed to live up to God's expectations, Jesus did it. Jesus' perfect life took him all the way to the cross on Calvary where he paid the ultimate price for your life, liberty, and happiness. Yes, the the death of the Son of God was done for the sake of your sins and mine. It was done so that through through it, you and I, though you and I deserve death, we receive life because you and your sins died with Jesus. You and I receive liberty because Jesus' atonement was everlasting. It covered past sins and sins that we have yet to commit. We are no longer under the bondage of sin and Satan, but under the liberty of God's grace. And you and I receive happiness beyond expression because we have a final destination that is set in stone where there is no sorrow, there is no weeping, but only pure and endless joy. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, 
and let your soul delight itself in abundance. God's covenant of grace gives you life, liberty, and happiness. Oftentimes, it doesn't seem like God is following through on his end of the bargain. Sometimes it feels like our lives are more difficult than they should be. Not as free as we want. or not as happy as our lives need to be. Does that mean that God has failed you? By no means. He gives you the answers in our text. You and I have nothing to offer God. We are like broke beggars who can't even ask for food. And yet God sends out this invitation to you at every moment of every day of your life. Come to me. Receive for free satisfaction for your soul. See, God knows what you and I need more than you know yourself. While he promises to provide for your daily physical needs, he knows that your spiritual needs are what are important. That spiritual renewal is exactly the same as what Isaiah delivered to the people of Israel. He says in chapter 43, verse 1, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Jesus has redeemed you. He has taken away the weight of your sin and the punishment of death that was hanging over your head. Instead, he has replaced it with love, his grace, his mercy. This is a covenant of grace. This is what gives you eternal life, spiritual liberty, and true happiness. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.